0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Trail Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Stoner. Thank you for joining me yet again on another journey across the podcast airwaves. I truly appreciate you listening in and I truly appreciate all the support over the last couple of years. Um, and it's it's been fun getting a chance to talk to to people that I have been able to talk to recently, locals and uh, overall, just all different types of trail runners. And I'm excited to share this story today. It's a recap with uh, Mike McKnight and Ben Light talking about their Arizona Trail 800 challenge that they did back in October. And I know it didn't turn out the way that they wanted to. And and it, it, there was definitely some struggles, but uh, the stories, the laughs uh, that we had during this conversation, what they've learned, their experiences uh, just made it for an unbelievable conversation. And I really hope you guys enjoy it just as much as I had uh, had it with those guys. And I truly appreciate both of them jumping on once again and, and talking to me about everything. So welcome back to The Trail Life, Mike McKnight and Ben Light.
1: Will help me turn the Will help me get it right.
2: I'll send mike a text now that we're two minutes over
0: i'm here to oh well yeah you're Ben's on his phone so he probably can't see you
1: oh <laughs> oh there he is what's up dude I did,
2: yeah i only have two let me see if i okay now i got three screens i move over to the next screen <laughs> i didn't even say he didn't say i thought it was just two participants still so i was just like no i'll text he's, him and find out where he's at
0: mike's been on this thing for like 10 minutes i mean come on oh, <laughs> i was
1: like why do you need to text me ben i'm here
0: <laughs> all right well i want to get into it i don't want to keep you guys on on here too long so we're talking about the recap of the azt 800 here and i know it didn't go the greatest for either one of you and that's kind of what i want to talk about because it's it, It's quite interesting to follow along and see what was going on with both of you. But I want to start from kind of the beginning because we talked about the UFC showdown style uh, (laughs) intro that you guys did. You went in, you did that, you did the rock, paper, scissors, you flipped a coin. What was that experience going into it? Going back at it, it must have brought a little bit of just some character to it and a little bit of funniness of, of everything (laughs) kind of made light of, of the situation in a sense, I guess. But how was all of that process? And then finding out, okay, I'm going South, I'm going North. This is what time we're starting. Like walk me through a little bit of that.
1: Since Ben is the one that flipped the coin, I think it'd be appropriate for him to answer that question.
2: Well, uh, but the whole, the whole MMA flipping the coin thing was kind of, uh, and like, uh, kind of going along with the theme of the showdown the AZT showdown we thought it'd be fun to kind of make light of you know another sport and the the hype around it and then something a little bit different within trail running because obviously as far as we know I still haven't had anybody tell me different that this was kind of like the first of kind of like it's kind with a uh two athletes going after the same um, uh, FKT or record at the exact same time. So because the way that the AZT uh, FKT is and the dynamics around it and how we could go in opposite directions, it just kind of like, but it just came together as something fun and a little bit exciting and bring a little extra unique dynamic to uh just a sport you know most people when they go after an fkt really do go after it very quietly you know they might post on their social the day of or the day maybe a day or two leading up to it they'll send an email to fkt to make sure they notify them and to make sure they got all the proper links and stuff like that but a lot of times (laughs) People don't, you know, like I'd say it's a handful. Of, it's like a fifty-fifty if that people like make it public and announce what they're doing, and then people kind of do it quietly. And um, and I don't know the 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 overall dynamics behind behind that. Whether it's they don't want to be, you know, make. If it doesn't go well, they can just kind of like go on and and not not really talk about it or anything <laughs> like that. And then if it does go well, it's like, hey, Look at this! I, you know, kind of yeah. a thing. But uh, I think we kind of put ourselves out there, uh, and you know, trying to to raise money for you know some nonprofits you can't re- it's hard to to bring awareness towards some organizations and to a project without uh you know bringing some hype around it and some awareness and so that people have a chance to to understand and know what you're doing and what you're doing it for and get excited about it and get inspired and motivated to um to follow along to donate to you know uh, have it influence in their lives. So that's, you know, so we just, we looked at it as a, you know, a unique and fun opportunity, you know, to, to do it. I don't know if we'll do it again like that ever again, or <laughs> we'll let somebody else have fun with it and take yeah. that kind of an idea for another run. But that's kind of, you know, where it came from. And at the luck of the draw, I, I won the, what well, we, we were going to do a coin toss of it like a day or two before we were like, well, who gets to decide heads or tails? Like, how do you decide that? You know? (laughs) And so we came up with the, another fun idea. Actually we, I think somebody actually talked about it on one of our social medias uh, should play rock, paper, scissors. And so that's what we decided to do. Do like three rounds of rock, paper, scissors (laughs) and the best of best of, you know, the two of the three, gets to choose heads or tails and then heads or tails, whoever calls it gets to choose their direction.
0: Yeah. Now you chose, uh, South, to. no, you chose North to South then. So
2: I, I chose South to North. Yeah. Oh, south. To um, north. yeah, I, I got, I chose South to North.
0: Oh, yeah. My notes are backwards. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the, so now that you've, you kind of find out, like, and I guess, Mike, when Ben chooses his direction, like you now, like what's your mentality now shifting to that? Like, oh, oh now I got to, is that, is going north to south the, what you wanted to do originally? Or were you looking to do the south to north as well? At the time I wanted to go north to south. So okay.
1: I was pretty happy with his decision, but yeah. in retrospect, I think Ben made the right decision, um, getting that crap out of the way first.
2: I <laughs> don't um, It was awful.
1: It was awful. <laughs> it looked awful. <laughs> and honestly, so, north to south would have been pretty nice, but just the time that we did it, there was a bunch of rain up north. Yeah. And so I had to deal with a lot of mud, which I don't think is typical, but I could be wrong, but the mud definitely made the north end quite a bit harder for me.
0: Yeah. What? Um, so what's your what's your logistical process as you guys now have done the – the toss. You've decided which direction you're going. You've decided what time you're going. Like, what's what's the logistics behind that now, um, and getting to those points? Because how? I mean, how far are each of you from your start locations?
1: Yeah. So, so we did the coin toss at a at one of our sponsors called Mountain Ops, which for me it's about an hour away from me, an hour in the like the right okay. direction. Uh, Mountain Ops was, but so I went to Mountain Ops with the. Like knowing that it was a possibility that I was going to leave that same day to head to Arizona. Uh, My plan was if I ended up going south and north. So we did the coin toss on a Monday. We started on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. If we did, if I found out I was going south and north and I was planning on heading straight basically that day to Vegas, which was about a seven hour drive from Mountain Ops and then getting to Arizona, Tucson area the next day. So Tuesday night or whatever. And then I was planning on hanging out there until Saturday, but with me, like knowing that I had to go North to South, that's only about a six hour drive from my house. And so we ended up leaving me and my wife and my crew ended up leaving about Wednesday morning, stayed in St. George, Utah, which is about an hour and a half from the start. Okay. Stayed there Wednesday night and Thursday night. And then we drove to Kanab, Utah on friday which was about 45 minutes from the start and then we hung out there on friday night and then got up early and got to the start saturday morning and <laughs> if ben knows anything about me i am terrible with planning <laughs> we uh we legit got to so we started at what time was it been Eight, nine?
2: eight. Do you eight eight i think you start we started eight
1: yeah so we started at eight utah time because it was different at the time from Arizona time or no, we started at eight Arizona. This part confused me even the night before (laughs) (laughs) because like it was seven like AM in Kanab, Utah, but 45 minutes away, it was 6 AM in Arizona. And so like, I had to keep replaying in my head. It's like, okay, I need to get up at this time, which is actually this time. And then I need to get there by this time. But I ended up getting to the start like three minutes before eight Like I legit got out, threw my pack on, kissed my wife and took off (laughs) (laughs) it close to the barrel. (laughs) I'm sure Ben was there like two hours before the start time.
2: (laughs) No, no. Well, I had that. So the start on the south end on the uh, Mexico side is actually a two mile hike or run whichever you want to, however you want to look at it to the border. So you actually, the parking lot, you know, is on the trail, but you have to go to the border two miles. And then when you start at eight o'clock, so I got there, I probably got there about like 10 minutes before eight and me and the, our videographer uh, just kind of hung out and just kind of, you know, did a little couple of video shots and stuff like that, some mm-hmm. some voice stuff. And then and then eight o'clock, it just it's pretty much a hike out because you actually you you're you drop about like over fifteen hundred feet down two miles to the, you know, to the start to the border where the fence wow. is. And then you pretty much hike right back out. And once I started hiking, it started raining instantly. So we were and then, and you just say so you go up about fifteen hundred feet back to the uh, trailhead uh, parking lot where the crew was, and I just did a little video uh, interview with uh, Jamil because they were still on the live, and then off I went and you go straight into like about of a four thousand foot climb, you know right off right out of the right out of the gate on my side because you hit the highest peak of the entire trail uh, the first like five miles of the first five or six miles of the, uh, my route.
0: Yeah. So I think that's the best way to go about this is uh, let's, let's stick with you for just a little bit, Ben, and and what you experienced on your side. And then Mike, I'll come back to, um, you and your, uh, your start and everything else. So Ben, as you're, as you're getting going, obviously you got to go down two miles, you come back up two miles. And then you said 4,000 feet of climbing, like what, what, were you experiencing that first you know, couple of days? Cause you made it to, you made it to 200 ish miles, right?
2: Before yeah. A little you... over 200, just a little over 200 miles. The first 200 miles is, I guess you can say is just kind of like compressed of a lot of vert for the overall, like AZT, you know, there's, it's, it's spread out. They got sections, but, they got what they call the island in the skies. The first 200 miles from north to south, se- from south to north is, uh, you kind of hit these, um, peaks, basically mm-hmm. one, one, one range right after another, um, from, from the border all the way up to, uh, it's like a desert, area right before Phoenix. Okay. And then you kind of, you start to go into a little bit of a low, and then you hit a little bit of what Mike was experiencing towards the end of his running was uh, you got uh, a variety of different mountain ranges right in there as well. The, the only difference is the ones down south just go – you go up – and then you just come right back down to like Valley floor and then you go back up and then you go right back down to Valley floor. So you you keep constantly having these like three to 4,000 foot climbs, wow. you know, up and then descent. And then you kind of go through a roller of a Valley floor and then you go up and then you go back down. So it's just, so I guess that first 200 miles, um, it was roughly three, a little over three days. Okay. Um, and about, 40 little over 40,000 feet of vert Oof. of gain in the first 200 miles. Um but that's I mean I had rain the first 2 days which caused uh some issues for me not necessarily from a physical standpoint of like exterior like going through uh like what Mike experienced with mud and stuff like mm-hmm. that—I mean, I had a lot of overgrowth that had a, that was wet and it just made you soaked all the time. That was yeah. that that was there, but it, that wasn't the actual looking. That wasn't the issue that I had. I was <laughs> I gearing up for the AZT. Every, you're just getting so prepared for heat. Everything okay. about you're thinking Arizona. You're thinking AZT. You're thinking the heat. you're thinking Mexico going South to North, everything was heat. So I was doing a ton of heat training and uh, getting ready for these really extreme hot temperatures that I thought I was going to be facing during the day. I even had like a idea of trying to transition to nights so I could run through the night and sleep during the day when it's the hottest part of the day. Okay. And those first two days actually weren't anything. Well, I guess maybe I was as much, uh, heat adapted as I was it, it wasn't a shock to my system and I made a mistake by I calculated some heavy uh electrolyte intakes because I was in, anticipating a lot of sweat a lot yeah. of heat you know and everything like that and so I would be taking in uh uh salt on my each of my dr- drinking uh, when I'd come in and see my crew my wife would hand me like a uh actually a protein drink that had extra salt in it. And then a Nalgene bottle that had BCAAs and salt in it. And I just kept pounding, pounding all this, this fluids with salt, but I wasn't sweating enough because of the rain, the cloud cover, uh, kind of a slower pace because of the overgrowth. You, you just couldn't run. I mean, so you weren't were, you weren't like laying down at a, a really fast pace right. to, ex you know excrete all this these electrolytes that I'm taking in, and by day two, day three, I I started swelling up like um, my to the, to to the extent of like my socks i had to change socks because my socks weren't fitting to my feet my shoes i had to loosen up stuff i started getting blisters yeah. all over my feet uh uh my even my like i'll just even be frank my underwear was getting super tight and just kind of like You know, you had to put extra glide on and stuff like that. And I kind of, it snuck up on me and I didn't realize what was happening. And I didn't put the two and two together until day three, where I was like, or like the end of day three, I was just like, why am I swelling up so dang bad? Like, I don't understand. I've never had this happen before. And it was just because I wasn't sweating enough. And so then I started moving over to just more water and flushing. And I just just shrunk back down to normal size, yeah. but you know that was towards the end but um
0: but that had to have taken the, a little bit of toll on you though over over that course of time, right i mean you' you've got yeah it was a
2: it was a dynamic that was it wasn't a deal breaker or anything like that it just made it, it made a level of discomfort, I guess right, you can say, yeah. and you're just trying to figure out what the heck's going on. The worst discomfort was the everything in arizona has a thorn on it i swear every tree every bush every blade of grass i think even the rocks have thorns on growing off of them or something like that i mean it was just like just shredding at your legs just right it just kind of miserable like having that that like tear at your skin like every and you can't do anything about it. there's just no, there's nothing you can do about it because you're trying to stay on trail you're trying to follow and it's the the trails if you so you have azt is a link up of a m- bunch of different trails and so the, the closer you get to like a a uh, city and a more popular trail the trail is very defined and it's easy to follow But once you get into a rural area that not as many individuals actually traffic it, except for the through hikers, maybe the mountain bikers or just, just very, it's just like a lot less traffic. It, it shows dramatically. It's like a deer trail. Sometimes you can't even find the trail. You don't even see the footprints. You don't even see a cut in the, it's just walking around sagebrush, uh, ducking under trees. You're just like, staring at your watch or your phone on your gpx file going and it's worse at night i mean you're just like i'm on the line but there's no there's no (laughs) no no
0: trail system there's no trail
2: here i'm just like (laughs) i'm walking over sagebrush i'm walking over rocks i'm going around stuff i'm trying to take the most safest route but stay on trail the same all at the same time and you're just walking through the desert of arizona really i mean that's the easiest way to say it and uh, so it, it uh, just kind of everything just it it it, it multiplies and it, it it just slows your progress down. That's and that's yeah. the hard thing because you want to run, you want to you've been training, you've been doing this, and you know you, you're 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 pretty much going into this fast pack scenario because yeah. of the the terrain.
0: So in the area that you're at, you're pretty much in rural area. You're not getting into any look like, small town sections, right? Where or, or are you you kind of just blazing your own section through this, through the, through the brush. Is that, is that what I'm kind of understanding? You
2: get you, anything that get, you, I crossed a, a number of highways, I guess you can say you're kind of, oh. you're on this mountain range and you have civilization on both sides of you, small little towns and you're on this mountain range. And so you kind of like follow the mountain range and you come down into the rolling Hills, you go over like it or under a, a highway. And mm-hmm. then you go back up another mountain range and you kind of like navigate your way through. So every time you get close to like, let's say a highway, sometimes the trail gets a tad bit better. Yeah. Um, but as you get farther away and then, and you get more remote, it kind of like disappears to an extent. And then it comes back. I mean, there were some times I was on some really nice trail, like, like really nice trail, especially in the, um, uh tucson area like very defined i mean there's a section that i was just cruising it was so nice it was like 10 miles of just running you know through the night and the, the weather was cool and i was having a ball like just yeah. actually getting able to open up and, and run actually and then there's just sometimes where you're following you know you're climbing up a mountain and you're following karen's and you don't there's no there's just no trail, there's overgrowth and you're just kind of like route finding, um, trying to find Karen's and kind try, of trying to find on, stay on the, the line while climbing up a, a pretty steep mountain.
0: Yeah. Now what's your, um, as you're going through some of these mountain areas, like what's your crew situation? Like, are you able to meet up with your crew as as scheduled, um, in certain areas or what's, what's their situation?
2: Yeah, we, uh, we actually, I, I had, r- I mean, for not being going down there, all I, I used a lot of resources between uh, the AZT, the Arizona Trail Association app, their online website. Uh, they have a far out app. Uh, I just research and research and research and research and tried to designate the areas where a crew could get to you that didn't need a four, like as much of a extreme four wheel drive. So that's like my whole thing is like, my wife's going to be driving a two wheel drive van. I've got to make sure I don't just pick some random place that's high up in the mountains or something like that, where you need like a a Jeep or something. And for the most part, uh, every place we had, I, I was able to see my crew between every 12 to 20 miles, um, we thought we were going to have to go up to like a 30 mile, uh, stent And I, I think maybe even Mike might've had to a few times. Um, but other than that, I felt we, from my aspect, my 200 miles, I was able to see my crew fairly often, but it was so slow going that even at 12 to 20 miles was like a half a day, at least. Yeah. You know? And, um, and so it, it kind of, you know, but I don't mind being alone either, like running alone. I've done well without, without pacers.
0: And then ultimately was it a, was it a fall that, that took you out? Is that what happened?
2: Um, So, yeah, it's so ridiculous. Uh, I go through this, (laughs) I go through all this mountainous area, this crazy terrain, rocky, overgrown, you know, I'm kicking rocks where I, I think I broke, I almost broke one of my toes uh all this different stuff and i finally get down to a i mean it's so nice it's like hard packed nice trail and i'm all like this is great this is awesome i had a, actually a really good night's sleep up at um uh, summer haven at one like up in the mountains and i just dropped down to like this deserty dairy and i was going to just start running and I pull out my GoPro, take this little video of like the 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 scenery and I'm just putting it back and I'm walking and I'm holding my poles under one arm and kind of like putting it in. And you just get, you know, after two hundred miles, you kind of get a little careless on your step. And I like caught my leg, my right leg on one of these thorny bushes. Like I just kicked this thorny bush and I'm like, ah, and it like it grabbed me and I was going to trip. And so you catch yourself with your other leg. Yeah. And I don't know it, the, I guess the SI joint or hip flex or something like right in that front just strained and it just like balled up, like, and it just, it hurt, it it just hurt to lift my leg. And so every time I tried to run, it would uh, hurt every time I stepped on it. And then uh, walking uphill hurt even worse. Yeah. So I walked the last, like a four miles to my crew, had my wife work on it a bunch of times. Um, I walked again, like I tried to run, walk again for about a mile, still wouldn't. So had to work on it again. And then just, I went out finally the last time uh, for about two miles out. And then I just, I called them, I had service and I just called them and I said, there's just, there's just almost honestly, no way I'm I'm just going to be walking in pain. Yeah. for five five hundred miles, you know, five hundred plus miles. So it's just like you know, you do the math, and you're like, the FKT is not there even while walking. You got to yeah. run, yep. And so, and it it took even when I went and decided to went and crew Mike, it it took a good while for it to start to alleviate. You know, just really? stepping up into the van, stepping out, and just catching, catching it every once in a while, like kind of like shocks and zingers. So, it's, but tough, being, I mean, it's
0: tough being old, man. It's tough being old. <laughs> <laughs> the
2: sport will make you feel old real fast.
0: Yeah. You, you, you trip on a crack in a sidewalk and the next thing you know, you got an SI joint and a hip problem. So,
2: <laughs> Well, that's the thing. It's like you go run 200 miles and you just, you go to the hotel and you slip getting out of the shower and you throw your back out and you're like, yeah, you uh, for a week. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so mike let's shift gears over to you like it where is the so where is your start point at because you and then again you said you were having a ton of rain so what, what was what was what were you seeing on the trail once you got started
1: so my start point was just right on the utah arizona border um I would say, so it's in between Kanab, Utah and Page, Arizona. Uh, it starts at a place called the State Line Campground, I believe. Okay. Um, and so I actually wasn't having any rain during the actual attempt. There was rain before, though. Oh, and before. The, yeah. So I actually had great weather. Uh, it wasn't too hot. It wasn't too cold. It was just right. It got pretty cold at night, actually, like when I was running after the sun went down and when the sun first came up, I had to put like a puffy coat on because it did get close to freezing at night up there. Um, But yeah, just, so the area that I started at, it was about 90 70 to 90 miles north of the grand Canyon. And that first 70 to 90 miles, it's just like buttery trail, going through some, some trees, like you're up on a plateau. So it's kind of got a deserty feel to it, but you still do have a bunch of trees covering you. Um, it was beautiful too. Like we started October 15th, which, uh, you know, the fall colors were just out at that time. So I saw a ton of yellow, a ton of orange, like it was just absolutely beautiful and then two, you know, you go through the Grand Canyon, you go from the North Kaibab Trail to the South Kaibab Trail, uh, at least the direction that I was going.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that and that was actually my first time at the Grand Canyon. So that was pretty Oh, really? Unique. What a way to experience
0: the Grand Canyon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it was quite the experience like going dropping down that far and just being like, Holy cow. Like this is I, actually, so I do remember thinking when I was going down the grand Canyon, like, like, I don't know what Ben's experiencing, but like I am sure glad I don't have to go up this at mile 700 or whatever it would have had oh. been for Ben. <laughs> like it was, it's a steep drop from the North Kaibab trail down to the the river Um, but hearing what Ben saw and seeing what Ben saw, I still think I might prefer to go South to North next time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yeah, the grand Canyon was awesome. It was a perfect day. Like there was cloud cover and it did drizzle a little bit. So it was super cool down there. Like you hear stories all the time about it being too hot in the grand Canyon, but like that was not the case for me. Um, took a lot of pictures, used my GoPro a lot while I was down there, tons of people, tons of horse riders, Um, my favorite part about that was, um, so Derek Lytle, I don't know, do you know, Derek?
0: I I know he is. I don't know him personally. No, but yeah.
1: yeah. So we're buddies and mountain ops actually contracted him to film this like two days before we started or something like that. And so he's done the Arizona trail a lot. And so he was able to give me like a lot of tidbits on what I need to prepare for before i headed out each time and one of the things he did tell me is like when you get to phantom ranch which is this like weird little cottage area down in the grand canyon where there's some housing and (laughs) campgrounds and there's even like a general store down there where you can buy food and snacks and so he told (laughs) yeah it was pretty cool but he told me when i got there that i had to try the lemonade and so (laughs) I got down okay. there. I paid, I carried my debit card with me specifically for this store, <laughs> bought like a, a, it was like a pint or something. It was a pretty big cup of lemonade. And I just sat down and sipped on that for 10 minutes and just looked at everybody doing their thing, taking pictures and just kind of soaked in the view for a minute. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I'm, uh, so let me pause you just for a second. So you're doing that. And Ben, on the other hand, <laughs> Yeah. Is battling through sagebrush, thorns. I didn't even think of that.
1: <laughs> He's getting all cut up and beat up and I'm sipping lemonade and taking a yeah, 10 minute dude, exactly. drink. And <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was my favorite part. Um, and then shortly after that, you begin to climb up South Kaibab, mm. which was pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, I remember, so I, me and Ben both use Coros and a cool feature is if you upload your route to the watch, it also gives you the elevation profile. Mm -hmm. And if you look at the elevation profile, like it shows like you're a dot. So it shows you progressing along the elevation profile. So you see like how far up a climb you are, for example. And so I remember climbing up that South Kaibab trail, what felt like for over an hour, and I like, I was like, I gotta be getting kind of close. So I looked down at my, my elevation profile. and like, I wasn't even halfway up that stupid climb. <laughs> like it's <laughs> a long, long, steep climb up that side, that South Kaibab trail, but got up there. Once you get to the top of that, you have a nice seven mile downhill on a bike path to, uh, a town called like Tucson or to something like that. <laughs> Um, it's between the grand Canyon and Flagstaff, Mm. but just after doing the grand Canyon, it was just nice to like cruise down that thorn free bike path, uh, (laughs) just cruising, (laughs) seeing all the bikers talking to people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, that night got kind of cold. And so the, the issues that I dealt with, um, so about three weeks before this, I ended up spraining my ankle on a training run. And it was pretty like, I don't, I can't remember what the grade was, but it was, it was a pretty good sprain. Like I, my ankle was fat, um, but I did a lot of uh, so Ben has a connection down where he lives. His name is Dallas works at a place called Utah spine and sport. And so he, he uh, sponsored us for this thing by doing some free physical therapy on us. And one of the things that he did was giving us ozone injections, which I never heard of before Ben oh. told me about it. But basically what you do is you like, you inject ozone. Ben can correct me if I'm wrong because he, he's done it way more than me, but you basically inject ozone gas into the area of injury and it increases ATP production in that area. So it helps you heal faster. Huh. Did I say that right, Ben?
2: Yeah. It's a, like a liquid gas, the same.
1: Thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we went and did one to two sessions a week leading up to it and Like between the ozone injections, between my diet, like I did a strict carnivore diet, as soon as I sprained my ankle, took a lot of supplements, like the ankle came down pretty drastically. And
0: Mm.
1: anyways, but what I'm trying to get at here is like, even though it did heal pretty quickly, like I did compensate a lot when I was training on it and running on it. So I, I had a lot of like calf issues. I had a lot of shin issues. Like my shins were just always on fire. Like I've never had shin pain like I had for the first three, 400 miles. Like it was just, it just always flip flop between my shins and my lower calves. Like whenever my shins finally let up, my calves just killed. And so that was pretty mentally challenging for me. Um, you know, yeah, there's I think a- I remember,
0: I think I remember seeing some photos of you laying down at night or something like that that it just looked like you were in extreme extreme pain. <laughs>
1: I hurt. hurt a lot. <laughs> um and then too like the mud didn't help like you're straining your calves more like it was bad mud. I, I'll have to send you some pictures and videos, but like the kind that just cakes to your shoe adds five to ten pounds on each shoe and you're just slipping. Oh. Um, like there was loads of miles that had that nasty mud and like so far to the point where like I want to say it was night three or four, like I finally just broke down, like between my ankle, my shin, my calves in the mud. I had these brand new Lecky poles. And like I finally just dropped one and picked up the other and just started beating it on a tree and I snapped it in half because <laughs> I was so mad. I don't know if I ever told Ben that.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I gave I, you my other poles.
1: Yeah, which I ended up breaking another night too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I like get to my crew, and like I'm just they my wife can tell when I'm like in a, a dark spot, like I wouldn't look at anybody, I would just like kept my head down, I was just super pissed, but they saw my pulls are like, what happened? I was like I broke it, and then I just like wouldn't talk to anybody for the rest of the night, <laughs> so like I was like mentally in a bad spot between all the physical issues and the mud and just like trying to comprehend how much further that I had to go um finally though. Let's see. It's all such a blur (laughs) when you're running that amount of miles. Um, Finally, though, sometime between Flagstaff and like Phoenix, I know that's quite a range. (laughs) It -hmm. was after Flagstaff and it was before Phoenix. I finally got in a groove where my calves stopped hurting, my shin stopped hurting. Actually, now that I am replaying this in my head, I had a buddy from, or both me and Ben have a buddy here in Cache Valley named Josh Knuckles. Um, he has a degree in like exercise physiology or something. And so he's pretty well versed in the anatomy of the human body. And so when he showed up and you saw like all the issues that I was having, he was pretty able to, he was able to quickly like diagnose what was going on Mm -hmm. and we addressed it. And then that alleviated it. And so those pains finally stopped and I was able to finally start running. I got in a good groove, but at this point. I was a little bit behind on my mileage goals, and so I decided it was like night five. I decided to push through the night and like make up some miles, and that was like probably my biggest mistake on this whole thing because like that night set me back so far, and I just couldn't
0: keep up yeah um just the main a, reason like a fatigue factor in a sense, like like a mental non sleeping fatigue, is yeah. That-
1: Yeah. Well, and then the other issue too, was the next night, uh, there was this weird 30 mile section that I got to, and I didn't realize that my crew couldn't get to me in that section, aside from like a three mile hike in to me. Oh. And so I got to this section and I essentially had to push through the night again. Like I tried sleeping where my crew hiked in, Like I basically brought me a sleeping bag and I laid down on a dirt road and tried sleeping. It was freezing. I I slept maybe 20 minutes and I couldn't just sleep anymore because of how cold and uncomfortable it was. And so I basically had to push through the night again. Um, That night though, like a lot a lot of bad happened. Like I I broke my poles. I broke my new set of poles again. Uh, This time was not on purpose. I was going down this like 30 degree angle slope that was covered with like riverbed rock. So I just, I kept slipping. I couldn't stand up. I kept rolling my ankles and I eventually like started to fall backwards. And I used my pole to like brace myself. And like, I fell back into that pole and it just snapped right in half. Oh. <laughs> and so broke my second set of poles that night. Um, I went through this mountain range called the Mazatals, I, I believe is how you pronounce it, which everybody warned me about. And with good reason, it was a terrible mountain range. <laughs> It was, I'm sure it's pretty similar to what Ben experienced on the south end. Um, Very overgrown, very steep, very rocky. Uh, It was a 30 mile section, which I thought would take me roughly seven or so hours, but it actually ended up taking me like almost 15 or 16 hours. Like it was pretty ridiculous. Um, My crew had to like hike in backwards to bring me some supplies because I was out there for so much longer than I thought. Wow. Um, I messaged my wife on my Garmin inReach and said that I was going to hit the SOS button <laughs> uh, just because I was in such a bad spot. <laughs> and then I ended up falling asleep shortly after sending that to her. So all the messages she was sending me, I wasn't replying to, which I'm sure oh, didn't help her anxiety. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and actually at this point, Ben was up, was with my crew. So I, I, if I remember right, he was with Sarah when I sent her that message or something, right?
2: She was at the hotel, but I was at the, I was at the crew location. And, uh, so we were messaging each other and then we were messaging you, but no replies. Okay.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it was just, it was a bad section. And like, I had probably two or three sections after that, where it was like supposed to be a five to eight hour section and ended up taking 12 to 16 hours, Mm. like just overgrown thorny can't see the trail like legit, like I had to like walk and like, look at my watch and like, okay, it says I'm on the trail, but I I can't see a trail. So I'll just follow this line. Like so, so overgrown and just so brutal. Like it just, it was just a constantly brutal experience. It was crazy.
0: Now, did you, were you worried? Cause you know, Ben was talking about how he was mentally preparing for more heat training going from north to south is that something that you were having to worry about as well i mean because you're technically not probably going to have to deal with any of the heat until you get past the phoenix area but is that anything that's in your mind doing that too no
1: (laughs) no the only thing i was thinking about was just like how dumb the trail was and like weather didn't mean a thing to me at that point i was just like praying that the trail would get better and like if it was 150 degrees I was like, I don't think I would have cared. Like as long as I had a trail that I could actually run on, I would have been so happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you made it to what? 560 ish somewhere in there. So I made it, I made it to Mount
1: lemon and I believe it was just barely over 600. Oh, it was okay. Yeah.
0: Wow. Um, Yeah. There's a
1: community up on Mount lemon. Do you remember what it's called? Ben? That
2: that was summer Haven.
1: Summer Haven, okay, yeah. So yeah, I made it to Summer Haven, and that
0: was like six fifteen or something like that, if I remember right. And did you get to a point as well um, with everything, having to go through the nights a couple of times, where the FK, like your the FKT is no longer in sight, type of thing, and you're like, you know what? talk about that for a second because mentally that's got to kind of rub in a little bit too once you figure out that you've slowed down because of not being able to sleep and injury and all that so where does that kick in for you
1: i mean i want to say do you remember where ben it was that we like kind of started talking about how the fkt was out of reach was it like the night before mount lemon so 24 hours
2: Uh, i mean it, it, it yeah it's I guess you can say it was it's kind of hard to say because it was always the the math allowed it to be possible with a you know like a certain amount of effort I guess you could say a, a pace right. but um the realist the the reality was based off of uh how tired Mike's how, you know, the physical demanding of the body versus the pace that needs to be required. And then him getting to Mount, Levin, I mean, when we even got to Mount 11 like, he's asking me some questions about the trail in front of him and I can't hide like <laughs> the truth, like even in my face. Oh yeah. It's just gonna be fine. You're going to be, you're going to do great. Just <laughs> kind of a thing. I'm just like, it, it I, you know, it's just, you're just, it's And so it got to the point, it, you know, it got to the point where me and, I mean, Jeff, uh, Jeff Browning, we I mean, we were in communication all the time, each day, a couple times a day, kept, we kept running the numbers, kept running the numbers, and and we would just, you know, supply Mike with some of the numbers and the realization and stuff like that. And it wasn't until, I think, just before Mount Lemmon and then Mount Lemmon, just what was going on was it, it, it's it's. As a crew, you all it's so this is so hard because, as a crew, you're always supposed to be like positive and trying to you know encourage him to keep going and to encourage the best of the scenario and what's possible because you know what's that 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 what the numbers are, but you also know, have people rally people come back people you know you all these different possibilities but at the same time you're just also watching what's uh um what's going on and everything like that so it was it was this one was way more difficult because see the colorado trail mike was always ahead of the the fkt and so it was me just convincing him like dude you're it's 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 for you to it's for for you to to lose kind of a thing you're way ahead and stuff like that even if your your pace is slowing down you're still got so much buffer you got so much room everything's good so it's easy to keep that positivity going but at the azt and at this point um and then knowing that the trail is gonna get way worse it it's like hard to like it, it's hard to find the right words i mean yeah. it's i think if if anything comes out of like the video footage and the documentary it's that struggle of the balance between that of like you care for your runner you care for his well-being because he is putting himself out there in some extreme conditions and with with pushing the body farther than most people push their bodies and stuff like that so where's the line in the sand for safety and stuff like that but then also do you try to you know build them up to go out there but is it is is the 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 getting the the record even a reality kind of Mm -hmm. thing it was it was definitely a, a difficult scenario yeah
1: yeah and as as we're going through this like i do remember it was almost like a switch happened from me feeling good and motivated to like just not um i remember that section where, where is it you, that you stopped again ben what was the name of that place um where i had like six miles to go just before the mount lemon
2: yeah fire. i'm just trying to remember the name i i without seeing it uh, it's just it's basically at the base of mount lemon yeah uh headed, heading south So
1: I had this, it was like a 25 ish mile section where I got to this one spot, which was six miles before the Mount lemon climb. And that 25 mile section, I remember feeling good. Like I made an Instagram reel where I was talking about feeling motivated and happy. And I had somebody that I coached that was pacing me and we actually ran a lot of that section. Um, I do remember falling in that section you know, Ben had a fall. I also had a fall in that section, which later I feel like I cracked one of my ribs because I had some severe rib pain for about a month after. Nice. But, um, like I, I was running really good in this section. Then I get to this one spot, which was, uh, my crew was there. I just had six more miles to go before I got to see them again. And then I began to climb up Mount Lemon. But like, I remember coming into that spot, feeling pretty good, motivated. I ate some food, Ben's wife, Brittany, worked on me a little bit. I was having a little bit of glute tightness. Hmm. Um, but, like, I left that section, that spot, like, ready to go. But then, like, half a mile in, I, like, felt like my <clears throat> energy levels, like, went from here, like, 70% down to, like, 20%. Like, it was you just, like, exhaustion. I something. I mean, go got-
2: that. <laughs> Yeah, there was a six, a six mile section and you got heat exhaustion. You came in, your face was red. That's when I brought you the Slurpees and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you could see you had heat exhaustion.
1: And I just like stared at you blankly while you guys were talking to me.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so like something happened in that section. It might have been heat exhaustion. Like I came into that spot. Everybody was talking to me. Nothing was processing. I was just staring at everybody kind of blankly and quietly. <laughs> Like I just like all of a sudden lost all hope, lost all ambition, lost all desire to do this. Uh, They were trying to motivate me. I ended up taking like a hour nap or something, hour, two hour nap. And by the time I woke up, Ben just got back from going to a restaurant where he like ordered everything off the menu for me. Basically, (laughs) Like there was like a variety of different foods for me to eat when I woke up. And then the other issue, too, was somebody I coach from California Showed up like literally 20 seconds. Uh, it was even like right when I came into that section. Like I remember walking in and I saw his car pull in. And so he showed up to pace me. And that made it very difficult because I was like, gosh dang it. He just drove hours to come help me and I'm ready to drop. Like that's kind of crappy for him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so between everybody convincing me to give it a go again and between him showing up, we ended up going out on the Mount lemon climb, which was. I don't remember how long it was, but it was a really big climb, like thousands of feet. It took a few hours. Um, me and this guy, I coached left and got like a mile into the climb and I just stopped and sat down and pretty sure I started crying a little bit, (laughs) but I was just like, dude, I I don't got this. Like, and I don't really care to have it. Like, I want to go back and be done. And he did a good job at like convincing me to keep going and keep trying, like at least try this section. So we got to the top of Mount Lemmon. And I remember thinking the whole time going up, like, holy crap, how did Ben go down this? Like this sucks going up, like overgrown, big rocks, like not much of a trail at all. Uh, I got up there around midnight and I just told everybody like, hey, I'm going to sleep through the night until eight or something. Like there's a good chance I'm going to drop, but like I'll at least sleep through the night and like make up my mind after a fresh night of sleep. Woke up. Around eight, sat in the van for three or four hours trying to decide what to do. Um, somebody else showed up from Phoenix to pace me on like a three-hour drive to come help me out. Somebody I didn't even know, really. I met two nights before. Um, so he talked me into going out. Like, same thing. as like, okay, I'll go out since he came out to help me, whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, get dressed and I go out. And like the first couple miles is like just a downhill road. Because it's up in the Summerhaven community. There's not a trail for a couple miles. And I just remember like this two mile downhill road section, I was struggling to maintain a 19-minute mile pace. Like I was just shuffling my feet. I was falling forward. Like I just had, I felt like I had nothing, like no gas in the tank. And I just remember thinking like, I know what Ben went through. <laughs> and if, if I can't even maintain If I, if I can struggle to maintain a 19 minute mile going downhill on the road with no rock, no overgrowth, like I can't imagine how long this is going to take me to try to finish this thing. And so, you know, we, we sat down at the trailhead and evaluated and I think everybody thought I was done and I thought I was done too. Uh, I remember getting a message from Carl Meltzer basically saying like, this is your tune-up for the Appalachian trail. And finishing is (laughs) finished. And then the line that really hit me, he said, this is, or he said, finishing is finishing. Or what did he say? It was finishing is winning. So just get out there and finish this damn thing is basically what he said to me.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) And so I remember like reading that and I was like, you know, he's right. If I can't even do an Arizona trail, how am I going to do the Appalachian trail one day? So I legit like stood up, put my hat on while my crew is trying to figure out what to do with me. And I was like, all right, let's go. And I just started running away and my pacer and everybody was just like, what, what just happened? (laughs) But we, we got like two minutes into the trail and the same thing. I just stopped. I was just like, okay, motivation can't fix not having gas in the tank. Like I have nothing. So I ended up walking back and I was just like, sorry guys. Like I feel like I gave it my all. I tried. Like I legit have nothing in the tank. So this is, this is where I'm calling it.
0: Wow. Um, Real quick, I Mike, I know you have to go. So just last question here. What uh is something like this between you guys possible again? And or and uh are you going to attempt the Arizona Trail again, whether it be individually or together at any given time? Like what's your what you guys thought? Have you guys even talked about that? So for me, I,
1: I already have a plan. I'm going to go back in March and go for it again. Nice. Um, and obviously since it's in March, I'm going to have to start on the South end because there's snow up on the North end and that's the way that stream bean did it when he got the FKT. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go for it again in March and uh, you know, I've learned a lot about things that I need to do differently. So yeah, I'm going to put those into effect, but I know Ben's kind of on the fence with what he's going to do.
2: Yeah, I just I I originally planned to go back in March as well, but I was going to I'm actually looking at it from a different strategy uh, of doing it self-supportive. Um, there's a variety of different reasons and motivation behind it and stuff like that. But uh thought about executing it in a self-supported manner. But right now, I'm I don't know. I'm just trying to I, I, I'm. I'm motivated to go back and give it a shot. I just, for some reason, have a little bit of a, like, not, I don't, I, I I don't know how to even explain it to just, uh, just anybody. just, I don't have that feeling of that. It's going to happen. That's like something, something in in the universe just tells me that it's not going to happen for me this, this spring. And so, so I'm actually training right now as if I was going to go back just for some odd reason, something changes, but I'm looking at just other, other options and stuff like that and just keeping my options open and stuff like that. So.
0: Nice. Anything, any, any ideas to do any kind of head to head or or (laughs) (laughs) challenge together at all? You guys Uh, talked about that at all? No,
2: I, we haven't talked about it but
0: <laughs> let it let it fester a little bit and see what happens everything i'll just throw this out there
1: that is not my style <clears throat> like when i went after the colorado trail fkt i legit decided to do it and then went after it two weeks later mm-hmm. and like kind of did what ben said like made a post the night before and was like hey going for it let's see what happens and like i personally for me like like Aravipa, they helped us out a ton. Like, I feel like a lot of the donations that we got for these nonprofits wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Aravipa's help and like the daily yeah. recaps on their YouTube channel. So super appreciative of what they did. And it was a fun experience. Like a lot of people love the MMA style thing. Like, I think that like, it was a good thing to do. And I've heard of more people talking about wanting to do stuff like this on their own adventures. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good things about it. But just for me personally like the pressure of the check-ins, the pressure of knowing how many people were watching, like the logistical, like all that kind of stuff just messes with me. And so I feel I have a much better shot at getting an FKT, not doing that. (laughs) So I told Ben, like we could do something similar if he decides to go for it, but like me personally, I'm not going to do. Off the radar type of thing.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) How much, uh, how much you guys end up raising for the charities?
2: Oh, we got about 16, it was like almost 17,000 total That nice. between, so between the donations and the, the hat sales. So the hats, yeah. all the, all the proceeds from the hat sales went and was divided and it that was 16,000. So it came out to about a little over 5,000, it's like $800 For each of the organizations and that's rods that's bigger than the trail and that's also uh arizona trail association
0: nice very cool congratulations guys that's awesome
2: yeah it turned out it turned out really good i think uh todd with bigger than the trail uh he indicated that it was a good amount i mean uh, a fifty eight hundred dollar donation to to theirs helped a dramatic amount of um uh, services I guess you can say for individuals that are seeking um, counseling and support and so I think that's a I just think it's a huge win to be able to help uh, these the three organizations and to you know go push push our limits at the, uh, you know interesting concept like like Mike said I don't know if we're gonna do a concept like that I, again I, I like to be I like to change things up create new ideas so maybe we'll come up with something a little <laughs> different a little you know just something else you know i don't know if there's like a head-to-head is is yeah. i mean it was fun when it was well, fun on this one but we're just uh just take it take whatever opportunity comes in front of us down the road
0: yeah
1: i do think it would be fun though like, I think the head-to-head thing is fun, like not necessarily like the YouTube broadcasting. That's the part I didn't like. <laughs> but like, I do think it would be super sweet to do a head-to-head on the Colorado Trail. And the That'd reason be cool. being is because there's four different variations. You have east-to-west and west-to-east, but then you have the collegiate loop in the middle. And for those of you, those who don't know, in the middle of the Colorado Trail, there's a branch off and you can take the collegiate west or the collegiate east and they eventually meet up later. And so you have two variations one way and two variations the other way. And unlike the Arizona Trail, there's different FKTs for each variation where the Arizona Trail, it was just like one FKT, no matter which way you went. So like on the Colorado Trail, there's potential for four different FKTs to be broken. Um, doing this kind of like head to head style, which I think would be pretty, That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um. <laughs> well, we'll we'll be on the lookout for that, Mike, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, we yeah, just I, we just won't tell them about the YouTube channel.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um well hey, I know you guys gotta go. We're on a time crunch. So I I appreciate you guys doing a recap with me and just kind of breaking down what uh what your experiences were. And I, I appreciate it. Oh we yeah, appreciate Thanks for you. letting us. The Trail Life Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Jeff Stoner. Music was provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. You can rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or anywhere you find your favorite podcast episodes. Thank you very much, everybody, and we'll see you out on the trails real soon.